0: Welcome to The Career Studio, a USU Career Services podcast that helps you navigate your career path. Thanks for joining us for our Friday face-to-face episode. I'm Marissa Armitstead, your host, and I'm so excited to have Sean Vanderziel here with me today. Sean, thanks so much for joining us. Well, thanks for
1: having me. I'm excited to be here.
0: Well, Sean earned his bachelor's degree in multidisciplinary studies with an emphasis in employment relations from Michigan State University. He was really involved in extracurriculars while he was in school and he got his first job in college admissions. This position eventually led to his becoming a college recruiter for Bank of America. He then went on to work in the HR field for 23 years at the Field Museum and became CHRO there. He now serves as the executive director for NACE, the National Association of Colleges and Employers, which has 13,000 members and represents 3,000 university college career development and company talent acquisition professionals. So fun fact, Sean started this position with NACE during the pandemic, and he also moved across states. So Sean, I'd really want to know more about one, how you landed this position, and then two, if you had any idea what you were signing up for at that time.
1: (laughs) Good Good question. Good way to start. So when I accepted this position, it was at the beginning of February of this year. And I was planning to get started at the very beginning of April. So as we know, the pandemic really came into focus right mid-March. And my last day at the Field Museum of Natural History in Chicago was March the 13th. That night, uh, the 12th, we had planned to send out a big communication to our staff about things we were doing around COVID and how we were going to protect people. And I was going to go in the next day, it was my last day, have a big party and leave. Things didn't work out quite that way (laughs) starting (laughs) at that point. We came in the next day and realized that the plan that we had put in place wasn't enough and that we actually needed to close down. And so we decided to close that day. And so my last day was spent in conference rooms planning for all the what-if scenarios of closing down a museum and being closed for a considerable amount of time, what to do with our staff, how to handle pay, all of those kinds of things, and trying to prepare my staff that I was leaving for those eventualities because they wouldn't have me there as a leader. And so that was a very unusual way to end a job. And then I was going to take three weeks off to figure out my move and move across the country, all of those things. And that didn't quite work out that way either. I'm going to spare you all of the details, but... I eventually made it to Bethlehem, Pennsylvania in May. Started my job early, actually. I started from afar. I started at the end of March because the organization needed me to start much sooner than I had originally expected. It's been crazy, as you can imagine. Uh, the job is, Absolutely. has not been what I thought it would be when I jumped into it. There were well-laid plans for the organization and I thought I'd be doing lots of travel and you know traveling across the state and even abroad with the job, speaking engagements, other kinds of meetings and none of that happened. (laughs) Uh, I've been doing everything virtually like everyone else. And in fact, I moved to Bethlehem, Pennsylvania, because that's the headquarters for the organization. But as you may know, here in Pennsylvania, we've been pretty closed down. So we haven't been back to work. So I actually haven't seen my staff face to face since I moved here. It's such Uh, a weird place to be. (laughs) (laughs) Right, 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 right. So we've done everything through Zoom, as everyone else has. So it's just been very different. And of course, We've had to pivot just all around all of our programming. Everything that we do has changed. You can imagine having a new leader of an organization and the change that you go through when you have a new leader, but then also the change that COVID <laughs> has caused for the organization. The staff has dealt with it in amazing ways, and I'm really proud to be a part of the team that I am.
0: What an, an incredible story to share! And I, you know, as I was thinking about this experience, the moving and the new job and all of the things that you've talked about, I am really curious curious to learn about your Clifton strengths, if you don't mind sharing them. I was curious what they are and how you've been leveraging some of those strengths to really pull you through this. Sure. So my top five are individualization,
1: maximizer, arranger, futuristic, and strategic. I'm pretty high on the individualization and maximizer. And what that means for me is that I am the type of person that thrives in a team environment. And I am the person who can bring the team together. So I'm the person who really spends time understanding the strengths of the team and understanding how to pull the best out of people to get to where we need to go. I'm the person who tries to knock out the obstacles and to make sure that we're each focusing on our strengths so that we can move forward. And at the same time, I'm doing that for the team in the moment. I'm continually thinking about what we do today impacts what's going to happen for us in the future and how that will impact the future. And so I've been able to leverage those strengths coming in as a new leader, (laughs) uh, because as you can imagine, with the stressful time that we're in, everyone is really stressed out. And that comes out in a number of different ways. And what I want to do is to minimize that stress. And so, by focusing in on individual strengths and people and their needs, I've been able to help everyone through the situation, I hope, in an effective way.
0: Well, I think NACE is really lucky to have you, especially with those strengths in mind. So I think they've made a great choice.
1: (laughs) Well, thank you. (laughs) I appreciate that.
0: (laughs) Looking back, and maybe you'll want to walk us through some of these experiences, but you have experience in higher education, recruiting, HR. And looking back, what are some of the skills that you learned in those positions that have been really helpful throughout your career, but specifically at this? stressful and and tough time?
1: Oh my gosh. So maybe a good way to do that would be just to walk through my career with you quickly. Perfect. Uh, So I was really over-involved in college. I mean, I belonged to many student organizations. I was an RA. I just did a lot. Because of that experience, I leveraged it for my first job in higher education and became an admissions counselor. So when I was in school, I worked for the admissions office. Really enjoyed it, but really got burned out on the travel that was involved. And so I tried to think about what could I do next? What was it that was next in my future? And I thought about that recruiting piece of it. I was recruiting students to be admitted to a college. Well, I thought how I could translate that to recruiting people to be employees for a company. And sure enough, those skills were transferable. And I joined a company that was really looking for someone who was in tune with college students because one of their primary audiences for new recruits were college students. And so that's what I did. I joined a company as a recruiting manager to recruit students from college campuses, as well as general employees for a company that was expanding in their territory. And that was a really intense job in corporate America. And I didn't particularly enjoy it, to be honest with you. When I moved to Chicago, I had always wanted to work for a museum. And I was one of those people who applied for every job at every museum. It didn't matter whether I thought I was qualified or not. I just applied because I (laughs) thought I wanted to work there. Well, of course I never got called because I didn't have the (laughs) skills for any of the jobs that I was applying for. Finally, I had a skill that could be applied to a particular profession within a museum. And that was recruiting and HR skills. And there was a job opening for a recruiter at a museum. And I was lucky enough to get the job. Leveraging skills for me has been really important along the way and figuring out how to apply those for the next thing that I'm driving at. I ended up staying at the Field Museum for 23 years. And during that time, I always stuck with HR and I had increasing responsibilities through time and became the head of HR as the chief officer. But I also oversaw a number of other departments while I was there. So I oversaw our security and our library system, our education programs, our information technology department, all in very various intervals, which was good fun and all provided me with a good perspective on running a business. And during my time there, I became a volunteer for the National Association of Colleges and Employers, my current employer, and learned a lot about the organization. When the job of executive director came open, I applied for it because I felt compelled to give back even more to an organization that I loved. I was able to apply all of those skills that I obtained through my previous experiences to that of where I am now. I'm really thankful that every one of the experiences I've had through life has led me to where I am now.
0: What a ride. And you know, I was thinking as you were explaining that process, I think so often I hear students talk about the need to find the specific career or job that they want. And they start with that angle of looking for a specific title. Whereas you took a, a slightly different approach where you said, with a museum, I know I want to work in a museum. What paths can I use to work at a museum? So I think that's a really interesting approach. And yeah, I just think that's really interesting. Really, really cool insights. Well, with that, we're gonna go ahead and move into the bulk of what we are going to be talking about today, which is mentoring. As far as how that relates to us as we're trying to develop our careers. So maybe to start off, I'd love to hear what your definition is of a good mentor.
1: Sure. Well, when you think broadly about what a mentor is, it's really a trusted advisor, right? So it's someone that you can rely on to provide insights. And for me, a good mentor is someone who's going to provide me with insights or advice that is outside of my own comfort zone. So a good mentor is someone who's going to stretch me, someone who's going to help me to think differently.
0: I think that's great. And I think that's a really good approach because oftentimes, I think when I hear the word mentor, I think of somebody who's nice, right? You know, they want to be your friend. And I think sometimes I associate friend too. much much with a mentor. And I do think it's an important aspect to have rapport. But I also agree that there has to be a level of uncomfortableness, if you will, in order to grow. And I think good mentors know when to push you and maybe when to pull back a little bit. So I think that's, that's a great definition. So I'm curious, as you look through your life, and maybe they're professional, maybe it's personal, but who have been some influential people in your life or good mentors that have helped you kind of shape your career?
1: So there are four people that always stick out when I'm asked this question. They are all in different stages and places in my life. Two are bosses and two are not. One is a family member. So the first mentor I think of in my life was my grandmother. She was somebody who I would refer to as, if you ever read that old essay or heard the saying, everything I ever needed to know I learned in kindergarten. I always say everything I ever needed to know I learned from my grandmother. And that's because she did exactly what she needed to do which was she nurtured me, but she also taught me. She was in continual teaching mode with me. And she was also just an upstanding citizen. So, you know, she had a full time career. She was a trailblazer. She never drove. She worked downtown Detroit and she took three buses to get to work every day. Wow. And she was just someone who had a lot of grit, someone who had a lot of foresight, was ahead of her time. I always really admired that about her. The second one is someone who I worked with. Who was probably maybe about five years older than me but her life experiences were so different than mine and her passions were different than mine her ability to relate to people was just very different than me and she taught me a lot about myself I had a lot of admiration for what she was able to accomplish in her life and then the other two were bosses that I had very different styles and each provided me with different level of confidence in myself and foresight into what I could do and I I had great admiration for each of them, even though they were polar opposites of each other, they were able to teach me a lot.
0: I love that. Thank you for sharing those kind of personal examples. They mean a lot. I'm curious, there was a couple of words that you mentioned that kind of came up along the way with all of those. But if you had to take a step back, what were some of the common threads or skills or, or traits, I guess, that all of these mentors seem to have? Is there anything that stood out?
1: They were all on my side. Every one of them wanted to see me succeed. And they were each successful. So they had different levels of success, right? They, you know, my grandmother was very humble, but she was successful. My coworker was successful. My bosses were successful and they wanted me to be successful. And they shared that with me often about how they wanted to be a part of that success. And so not only were they providing me with advice to do that, but they wanted. It to come along for the ride. And we're very giving with that.
0: I love that. I definitely have seen in my own life that good mentors are both, like you said, both successful, but they also, they're not self-absorbed. They want to be a part of other people's lives and that's why they're there helping. So I love both of those insights. Great thoughts. I'm also wondering a little bit, so you have a ton of HR experience and I want to know, I guess I'm searching for some tricks of the trade, but what are some people practices, ways that you have been able to interact with people as that mentor? What are some ways that you have built some of those relationships in that HR field.
1: Wow. Okay, good question. I'm in continual mentor advice mode. (laughs) (laughs) Perfect. Um, One of the things that's really important in terms of mentoring or sharing is one, being really authentic and being yourself. And then two, doing a lot of listening. So I think those are really key to a mentor relationship, whether it's someone you're looking for to be a mentor or you're looking to mentor. I learned those lessons from my mentors that I can be of no service to anyone else unless I am willing to give of myself and willing to share lessons that I've learned, but knowing that it's not about me. The sharing that I'm doing is about being relatable and providing common ground the person who I'm trying to mentor. And then being able to just relate and taking the time to relate. And the only way to relate is to use your listening skills. And so I also, there's that other old saying that's you have two ears and one mouth, use them in that proportion. And I think that a good mentor does exactly that. They're there to hear what your goals are, to hear what your aspirations are, what your issues are, and then to help to talk through those with you. You talking through the solutions, that person not necessarily giving you the solutions, but being there to guide you with that and helping to think through that path.
0: Great thoughts. Yes, I love it. Love it. Love it. Okay, so my next question maybe is a little bit uncomfortable, but I'm curious, how have you been able to give back to people? Maybe it's official, maybe it's unofficially. As a mentor, can you think of any examples of people that you've been able to mentor and kind of see the end result? I know we don't always get to see how people thrive, but I'm curious, are there any people that stand out to you that you've been able to mentor?
1: So there have been a number of them. And one that I can think of off the top of my head is a woman who reported to me who has had increasing leadership responsibilities. And it's been really heartening to see where she's gone and how she's leveraged our relationship and the advice that I've provided over time in her increasing responsibilities. It's really interesting to see that process someone goes through and and I've been thankful that she has shared back with me the lessons that she's learned and the things that she observed from me. And I think that's part of a really good mentor-mentee relationship is when you share with each other what's working and sometimes what's not. And you can do that in really clever, fun ways. And the two of us do that. We laugh at each other and you know, we find <laughs> a way to be comical about the things that maybe we don't appreciate <laughs> or that didn't work. But we're also really open about sharing the successes and to say, oh my gosh, here's what I learned from you and thank you so much and this is how I applied it. And then for me to say, oh my goodness, look at what you just accomplished. I'm so proud that you have done A, B, and C. And so that's what happens when you have a really productive mentor-mentee relationship.
0: It's a great example. And I, I thought it was interesting that you shared not just the side of the mentee receiving the mentorship, but also for the mentor to get to hear because I think sometimes we take advantage of the great mentors in our life, but I think we forget to tell them that they might have influenced our lives in a really life-changing way and we might forget to tell them. So I think that's a great insight to share back with your mentor, not just be on the, the taking side of that. So great insights.
1: Absolutely.
0: <laughs> well, we are just about out of time. So I will wrap up with this final question. If you could give students one piece of advice about finding a good, I'm just going to call it good life mentors, what would that advice be?
1: I'm going to go back to something I said towards the beginning of this, which is find someone who is not like you. Find someone who has had different life experiences, someone who is going to stretch you. And that can mean something different for each one of us. It could mean finding someone who's a different race, someone who is a different age bracket, someone who has a completely different career trajectory. But people who are successful, people who have a personality trait that's important to you that you'd like to learn more about or you'd like to be more like, that's what's important, what you think you can get out of it. But you'll get so much more out of it if you stretch yourself about who that mentor actually is
0: great advice. I was thinking, I think it's so easy for me personally to gravitate towards people who are similar to me, right? I think oftentimes we gravitate towards people that we can relate to, which makes sense. But I really love this advice of getting out of your comfort zone and identifying something somebody does well and seeking out mentorship for that particular, you know, skill or trait or whatever it may be. Absolutely love that. Sean, I am so grateful that you were willing to take time out of your incredibly busy day to spend it here with us and give us some golden nuggets of wisdom. <laughs> i It's just been lovely chatting with you. And I really just appreciated your honest and real answers about how you have worked through your career and how you found people to support you in that endeavor. So thank you so much for being here.
1: Well, thanks for having me. It's been a lot of fun, Marissa. Thanks so much.
0: Thanks for joining us here at the Career Studio today. Please remember to join us next week as we continue to discuss this month's theme of Finding Your Mentors for Life.